I want to tell you about a podcast you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. As a parent myself of a child who's had an IEP since kindergarten and he's now a 10th grader, I know how confusing, overwhelming, frustrating, sometimes daunting the whole process can be. I checked out an episode of Understood Explains called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 Plans. And what I love about it is how easily Juliana explains everything. She answers common questions that probably every parent or caregiver has. She dispels myths and is concise and to the point. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. And there's a direct link in the show notes if you need it. The world is better when everyone has the freedom to authentically name and express themselves the way that feels the most audacious, biggest, most lit up version of themselves. And that gender freedom is for everybody. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 529 with guest Ray McDaniel. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you're here. It's that time of year where you might be a little bit of, you know, in like a frenzy. I know this very well. If you have children, it's winding down of the school year. Maybe you have someone who's graduating from, I don't know, preschool, high school, college, whatever. It's just it's just a busy time of year. So I see you and I hope that you are taking care of yourself and getting some time to yourself and maybe this podcast episode will be just what you need. Ray McDaniel is back and I had such a great conversation with them. I can't I can't wait for you to hear it. They have a book that's out which I will tell you about. We'll talk about it in the show. And I wanted to just mention that I am filling my calendar for fall and winter speaking gigs. So if you are part of a company that does trainings or events, I would love to see if I would be a great fit as a keynote speaker. So you can head on over to andreaowen.com slash speaking and fill out the contact form there. And uh, perhaps we can jump on the phone and see if it is a great fit. All right, let's get to it. For those of you that don't know who Ray is, Ray McDaniel is a non-binary gender and sex therapist turned coach who works with transgender slash non-binary slash questioning folks feeling lost while transitioning their gender identity. They are the creator of Genderfuck, the club 
a one-of-a-kind research-based online group coaching community of transgender, non-binary questioning folks who are on a mission to transition with less suffering and more ease. Ray is the founder of Practical Audacity, a gender and sex therapy practice in Chicago. They also provide training for medical and mental health professionals wishing to up-level their knowledge in trans-affirming care. Ray holds a master's of education in community counseling. And even if you're not someone who is non-binary or transgender or, or questioning, definitely tune into this episode. We talk about things that are more general to everyone. And so I really do think that you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, here is Ray. Ray, you're back. I'm back. I'm so you're, excited to be here. You're back with a baby. I do a brand new book, baby. Congratulations. I before we Thank started recording, you. everyone listening, I've been gushing because it's just it's so exciting and I just love your work so much. And the book is called Gender Magic: Live Shamelessly, Reclaim Your Joy, and Step Into Your Most Authentic Self. So this book is more than just talking about gender and people who might be questioning or transitioning, correct? Absolutely. So it the main audience is definitely folks who are exploring and transitioning their gender. And I wrote it very specifically so that an ally, somebody who has a loved one who just wants to learn more about gender freedom and how gender has impacted all of us and get some key knowledge, skills, mindsets on how to support the people in their life who might be exploring or transitioning their gender can pick it up and get a lot out of it personally. I already know someone in my life who um, it's a friend of mine from my former family, from my first marriage, and they're their son, who was assigned female at birth, has transitioned, and he is now twenty early twenties. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna right. mail it to the parents, and then they can do with it as they please. But they're gonna be really excited about it. So let's let's start, and we're gonna just speak generally here, because a lot of my listeners struggle with things like self doubt and anxiety and fear, which I think is all humans. You of know, course. yeah, very human condition, <laughs> the human condition. So you talk about this in the book. So can you walk us through some steps, just, you know, generally speaking, to be able to move from that place into a place of more confidence and and what you like to say, like a proactive state of mind? Yes, exactly. So what happens that I've seen with my clients and my friends and, and me personally as someone who also struggles with anxiety is that I get super stuck in my head. I think and I think and I think. I doubt myself. I don't feel like I can make a decision because I'm, I'm so caught up in the drama in my brain. Mm -hmm. And so what I teach is that we can build that confidence in ourselves and our ability to make good decisions by taking tiny steps towards what we're curious about. Uh, so in Gender Magic, I talk about this um, when it comes to exploring gender. And mm -hmm. for example, somebody who might be interested, but not really sure yet about something like starting hormones. And instead of getting stuck in their head about it, I tell them to make an appointment with a doctor, uh, go to the doctor, ask questions, oh, maybe okay. even get- So you don't need to make the decision ahead of time that you're no, going to do it or not. Okay, nope, gotcha. Not at all. We gain so much as humans by checking in with our gut and our intuition once we take a step forward towards something that we're interested in. 
And I'm sure people have had this experience of, you know, if you flip a coin and while it's in the air, you're like, oh, I hope it's heads. Well, that Mm -hmm. tells you a lot about what you want. And that's the idea is we build confidence and we can set aside some of that anxiety and self-doubt by simply taking a tiny step and actually checking in with our gut about what we feel when we do. So it's the process rather than the results is that you're talking about, I'm assuming. Exactly. I talk about this too. And because I, I work with a lot of people who come with pretty lofty goals. And hey, I'm all for a lofty goal. I'm all for like moonshot goals. Reach for the stars, everybody. And at the end of the day, you know, say I'm working with someone one-on-one and they're they're like, okay, here's what I want to accomplish in our our six coaching sessions together. And they're these just audacious things. And I'm like, I love that. And let's be realistic. Like you are only one human who can accomplish only so much. Like let's scale that back because like you want to set yourself up for success too. Like it's not just the the moving to more confidence, but like that setting yourself up for success versus failure is huge. Absolutely. And I think what we define as success plays such a role in that. You know, you're talking about the process versus the outcome. Mm -hmm. If success for this person is I'm going to get clarity and take these huge steps and set up some dominoes towards these big audacious goals, that is a very different vibe than at the end of six sessions, I'm going to accomplish every large life thing I've ever wanted to do in my life. It also points to, I think, that the curiosity aspect of it, which is when it's such a huge component of coaching in general, which I think is yes. you know something I talk about over here all the time, is getting curious about, and I want to underscore something that you said, how you feel during the process. I feel like we skip over that all the time. Oh, we do. We do. And we make everything so serious. And I think especially in today's world, we've put anything to do with exploring gender into the category of big, serious thing. Mm-hmm. When in reality, exploring gender and so many other parts of our lives are just a part of self-growth. It's just a part of understanding who we are and how we want to show up in the world. So when we come at that from an attitude of play and curiosity, and I wonder if, or let's experiment with this thing and see how it feels. And if it feels like it's moving me closer to the person I am and the person I want to be in the world, then we take another step towards that. But when we come at it with curiosity and play, we also completely change the way that our brains interact with whatever it is that we're trying to do. And we take away the possibility of failure. Can you say a little bit more about that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Take away the possibility of failure. Yes, please. Well, if you think about play as kids playing on the playground, Uh they can't fail at Mm -hmm. that. There's absolutely no way. They're just playing. They're just experimenting. And if we view self-growth and the things that we're trying to do in our life more from a place of we're going to try something and whether it has the outcome that we want or not, it's just data. It's Mm -hmm. just data for whatever our next tiny step is or the next direction that we want to go with our life. And if it doesn't work, if the outcome isn't what you want it to be or what you hoped it would be, that's fine. You Mm -hmm. just 
try again or you try something else. It's more data. More data. Mm -hmm. Only data. Yeah, exactly. Well, kind of a side question that I have. This isn't on my list of questions I want to ask you, but I was I was thinking about your book before we started recording. And I'm just so happy that this is a conversation that's that's being had more and more. And you know, trans people and and all the rainbow has existed for forever. Of course. And, you know, I'm a Gen Xer and I remember in mainstream media, the, really the only things that were talked about in my childhood was, you know, the AIDS epidemic, you know, seeing, mm. you know, pride, like only in San Francisco. I don't even know if they called it pride back then, but, yeah. but it was, it, that was kind of the only thing. And like, now there's so many documentaries out there and it's a conversation that's being had more and more. And I think Generation Z and Gen Alpha are going to really change the game. Do you, since you are, you know, you're much in this world, do you think that ch- changes are happening swiftly and quickly in the last decade or so more so than they were happening before? And if so, and maybe even if not, like, are there any negative consequences of that? I do think that changes are happening quicker. Like you're saying, not because trans and non-binary people haven't been here since literally the beginning of time, but we have more access to information. We're more connected now than we ever have been before, thanks to technology, the internet, thanks to people being more open, talking about their experiences with gender. Mm -hmm. And so we're seeing media catch up with what has already been there, has been there forever, but suddenly we're talking about it. Suddenly we're seeing more trans characters. We have more trans folks who are more visible. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's amazing. You know, we have, I've worked with many clients and I, I love to bring this up because people think of, oh, we have a wave of like younger trans people um, because they're understanding more about themselves from a younger age. But one of the things I've seen that has been really special is a lot of people who are older who are coming out as trans because suddenly there is more permission and Mm -hmm. understanding for them as well. And yeah, they feel safer doing that. On the other side of the coin, visibility doesn't equal safety. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that with this huge push of anti-trans legislation. You know, I'm calling it now. um, Transgender rights is going to be one of the premier moral issues of the 2024 presidential election. There is a lot of pushback from extremists on, on the right trying to take away transgender rights and Mm -hmm. people's autonomy about their own bodies. And that's terrifying. It's really scary. And at the same time, uh, we are still in a place in our culture where trans people are visible and they are loud. And that I don't believe is going to change. And I think this backlash is just a a pretty typical part mm-hmm. of of progress. Now we mm-hmm. see that with any large social movement. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. I, I want to kind of shift back to the conversation just around personal development in general. And and ha- can you talk about navigating discomfort, sometimes massive discomfort? <laughs> yes. As people move into working on and 
hopefully celebrating their inherent worth and and you know working towards a place of genuine authenticity and genuine self-love like how do how do what, do you have any tips on like handling that discomfort i do the first thing to understand is that discomfort is not harm and i want to hold that both within yourself as your own journey towards self-growth and when you are interacting with other people and sharing more of yourself with other people. So internally, we know that any part of growth is going to shake up our system, right? It's going to shake up our own internal system and whatever family, friend systems are, are out in the world. So it's uncomfortable to stretch yourself, to try something that you don't know what the outcome is going to be. To to risk visibility, to risk putting yourself out there in whatever way it might be, that, that it's a little scary and it's uncomfortable. But I like to describe it as that discomfort of of stage fright versus you know you're you're scared of the the boogeyman under the bed. Right. Is there there's a, <laughs> a level but... of excitement to it as well. The piece about discomfort is not harm for others, I also think is really important because in my work with folks who are exploring gender, with their families, with their loved ones, there's often a feeling from other people of, well, I'm being asked to change things, like change the name that I call somebody or someone's pronouns or how I refer to them. And that's uncomfortable and therefore, I'm not going to do it because it's uncomfortable. Or a, a trans or non-binary person is feeling like they're a burden because mm -hmm. other people have to shift their language or, or how they relate to them. And I talk a lot about the fact that it's not harm to ask somebody to call you by your name and pronoun or to mm -hmm. refer to you and respect you for who you are. Those are our very, very basic ask to ask somebody. But what is harm, what is going to actually harm you is hiding who you are, is shoving down who you are, making yourself smaller in order to make other people comfortable. That is harm. Mm -hmm. And I think that is applicable, of course, with anybody exploring gender, but across self-growth, period. It's really their way of of taking up space and making noise, which can inherently feel like you might be rejected from the community or the family, which I'm assuming can just, you know, trigger your survival instinct. Absolutely. And I, you know, I have personal experience with that. My family is not supportive at all. And that is hard. I'm not going to lie. That feeling rejection from other people simply on the basis of who you are is very, very painful. However, what it also does is create space for the people to come into your life who love you and see you for who you are today. Mm -hmm. And that is very, very special. Yeah. And I have been very lucky that I have a number of those people in my life. I'm surrounded by them. Yeah. But if I had stayed where I was hiding myself because I was afraid that I wouldn't be loved for who I I was, or I'd be rejected by my family, I don't know that I would be here today. It's just not worth it. 
Yeah, I want to ask you a little bit more about that, but we need to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna I would love to dig deeper a little bit into that. There's definitely been times in my life where my paycheck ran out before I got paid again, and I wish I could have accessed my next paycheck a few days before I was due to get it. Well, what if I told you that can happen with Earnin? Earnin is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. You can use Earnin for anything you need to, therapy visits, rent, or even extra self-help books. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in noise under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show. Noise under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Trying to find the perfect gift for someone special in your life, maybe for Mother's Day, but feeling overwhelmed? Finding a unique gift that they'll love that's personal and that they won't already have can be the ultimate challenge. That's why I'm so excited I've discovered Songfinch. It's an amazing, thoughtful gift, and it's easy and fun to make. Songfinch lets you create an original radio-quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. I had Songfinch make me a song about my dad, which was a gift to myself. This was such a personal song for me, and I was a little skeptical the artist could capture the emotion I wanted. But during the process, they have you share some personal details about your relationship with the person you're creating the song for. Then Songfinch, musician of your choice, you get to pick based on samples they have, will write, record, and produce your original song in just four to seven days. I love my song so much. I was so emotional when I listened to it. I had no changes. It's perfect. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care, start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free so you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Go to songfinch.com slash noise and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash noise. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash noise. Okay, before the break, you were talking about, you know, how your family, and, we, and you talked about that a little bit in our previous episode mm-hmm. when you were on, and I will, I will link to that in the show description. And I'm imagining you now. And I, as someone who knows what it feels like to have something as exciting as, as a book come out. And also as someone, I think inherently the vast majority of us, I make up still want our parents to be proud of us, you know, for Mm -hmm. these like big career endeavors or personal endeavors that we do. So my question is, cause I, I know there's some people listening who maybe they've just moved and they, maybe they're boundary setters and they're kind of been labeled the scapegoat of their family or the black sheep and, and people don't like that. Or maybe they've, you know, transitioned or something has happened where they are estranged from their family or have had to create like no contact boundaries. Do you still struggle with grief in that? Or have you gotten to a place where it's dissipated? Like how, how has that journey sort of evolved for you? 
I think the nature of grief is that it, it never completely goes away. Yeah. That it, it's always going to be there in some way. So yes, there is still grief and loss about that, about, mm-hmm. and it's an ambiguous loss too, because my, you know, my family is still alive. Mm-hmm. And if I wanted to, you know, go home, I could physically do that. And it's very different to walk into a space where you don't feel like you are respected and and seen. Yeah. It comes up for me, absolutely, but it's not something that I dwell on a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people in my life who are very proud of me, who love me, who I spend holidays with. You know, I'm not wanting for family just because my given family is not supportive. Mm-hmm. And I think it is, it doesn't do anybody any good to shove down feelings like, oh, I have moments where I'm sad that Mm -hmm. I don't have a closer relationship with my family or they're unwilling or unable to, to meet me where I'm at Mm -hmm. or to appreciate who I am. Now that, that gets to exist alongside, I have a very robust uh, I call them my kinship network, a chosen family uh, that gives me a lot of joy and pleasure and feel very connected to them while holding, you know, there's going to be moments when I'm with you know, another family for Christmas where I, I wish that my family was able to show up in that way. Thank you for expanding on that. And just, I want to underscore about grief and that it is something that just is sort of, you know, that's why they call it the grief cycle because it just keeps mm-hmm. cycling. I didn't know that. I thought like they completed the loop and then you were like, okay, I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> well, but speaking of relationships, you you talk about this in the book and can you give us a little snippet of how one can design relationships that light them up? Yes. One of the things I talk about in the book, which people... When I've talked about it before, people get really excited about this concept is how do we design intimate relationships of all kinds in our life beyond just romantic and sexual? Mm -hmm. So I think we often think about um, romantic and sexual relationships as our um, kind of primary core relationship and everybody else is secondary. And I invite people into the idea in the book that our friendships can be just as intimate as our romantic or sexual relationships. And that we get to choose, even though society doesn't fully support this in some ways, is we get to choose how deep we want to go with people in our lives that are loved ones regardless of what our relationship is to them. So one of the things that I talk about is, first of all, just talking to your friends about this and talking to your loved ones about this and getting curious if there is some sort of longing to have more connection with the people you already have in your life Mm -hmm. that you want to go deeper with. You know, for example, one of my very best friends and I have talked forever about the fact that, you know, if she had not, she's married now, but if she had not had a a partner that I would maybe co-parent her kid Mm -hmm. with her. Uh, You know, I have other friends who are talking about buying homes together and creating a life together in that way that is, is more platonic. 
I have a, a friend that we are, it's completely platonic friends and we have a, a bath date every month or so. You know, she lives in LA now, but we get on FaceTime and we like, oh, I thought you meant you took on, a bath together and I'm like, Oh, well, okay, okay. <laughs> well we have when we were, oh. when she lived in Chicago, we used to do that. Uh, and it's something like I love kids doing with do? my That's friends, so like neat. little kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that. completely innocent and really nice. Um, so I've done that with my friends and now we, we do that via FaceTime. Mm-hmm. But this idea that there is a, a network of people out there that can meet our needs for intimacy, for connection, for love, for support beyond just what society has said, um, is meant for a spouse or mm-hmm. a partner or something like that. Um, so a lot of curiosity and yeah. a lot of, reimagining what relationships could look like for you that are truly nourishing in all the ways. And it sounds like conversations about it. You know, I've I've talked about this too, about people who are struggling in their friendships. And I ask them like, wait, what about your existing friendships? Are there any conversations that you might be able to have, albeit probably uncomfortable ones, where you more or less like ask them like, hey, what would you think of taking this friendship quote unquote, to the next level. And like to the next level looks like whatever you want it to look like. And in coaching, they call that designing the alliance Mm. between a coach and a client. And I remember thinking when I was in training, what feels like 150 years ago, when they were talking about this designing the alliance with a client, I thought, wouldn't that be amazing if we did that with our friendships? That's exactly it. Just had a conversation of like, what is this going to look like? Boundaries, requests, you know, uh, checking in every once in a while, like so many things to cover that would, there would be like very little assumptions or hurt feelings. And my gosh, it seems like a wild idea until you actually think about it. And you're like, oh, you mean bring intention and communication to my closest relationships? Wow. What a wild concept. Ask for what you want and then be open to hearing what they want. Yeah. Oh, imagine that. Boundaries? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this you speak of? Well, so on that same token, can we take it a step further? And can you tell us, because this is also something you talk about in the book, like how do you design a sex life that lights you up, whether you are partnered or not? Yeah. So I'm a, a certified sex therapist. So mm-hmm. I, I talk about this stuff a lot. And I'm going to go back to what is going to sound repetitive, but it is because it's so important is curiosity. Yeah. You know, we often work from an unspoken rule book when it comes to our sex life, when it comes to how we show up in the bedroom, the roles that we take, the activities that we do. And a lot of us, and I have worked through this and struggled with it in my life as well, feel disconnected from our bodies for various reasons. You know, I have a history of pelvic pain that mm-hmm. I talk about in Gender Magic. Um, I, As a, a trans person, like there are some things about my body that I, I've had to kind of work through over time. And so we, there are a lot of barriers sometimes to actually being present in our own skin. So if we want to design a sex life that lights us up, it starts with getting connected to our body. Even if we don't love every single thing about our body in every single moment. One of the things I talk about in gender magic is this idea of body respect. 
uh, instead of body love. You know, any of us on any given day might look in the mirror and not love every single inch of our body. And a lot of that is because of the cultural messages we've been given. They they sink in and, you know, they they go in deep. Yeah. But what we can give ourselves every single day is body respect. We can show love and respect for our bodies and believe that our bodies deserve pleasure no matter if we love what we look like or how we feel on any particular day. So I encourage people to start with their five senses and reclaiming um, pleasure equity, right? Because not everybody believes that they deserve pleasure in their mm -hmm. bodies. When it comes to partners and, and having sex with partners, critically looking at, and when I say critically looking at, I really mean playing with, experimenting okay. with, are there ways that we have taken on roles or we are doing certain activities just because we think we should or because we always have? What are our new ways that we might be able to experiment with pleasure? One of the things that I, or one of the tools that I give is a this or that game, which is super simple and exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. You have a partner who maybe, for example, touches you in this way and then in that way. And then you ask, well, do I like this or that better? It's like when you're at the eye doctor, like, okay, this of. one, yeah, it's like this, can you see or this better? Uh -huh. It's exactly like that where mm -hmm. you're just kind of tuning yourself into, well, this feels a little bit better or this feels a little bit better. And mm -hmm. then you build on that. Or in and which order do you like this and that? Exactly. Exactly. I keep circling back to what you said about how pleasure is our birthright. You said something like that and how mm -hmm. sometimes we even forget that. I, I, especially people who have been conditioned, which I think is most of us, to feel that sexual pleasure is either shameful or only, you know, dirty, at, at best private, you know, and, and just it creates this this reputation, I don't have a better word for it, in, in our minds, and then it gets embedded and then we have kind of issues when when we grow up. And so I want to expand just on when you're saying, start with your five senses, because that mm -hmm. can bring you joy and pleasure that doesn't have anything to do with your genitals or or sex. So can you say a little bit more about that? And like maybe some examples of, of how to incorporate that? Yeah, we often think of, of pleasure or eroticism as just about like you're saying, sex and mm -hmm. sex in a very particular way, right. or about our, our genitals, when in reality, it is about all five of our senses and being present. Um, Audrey Lord talks about eroticism not as a sexual thing exclusively, but as energy, as mm -hmm. creative energy specifically, an energy that connects you to yourself, that makes you feel alive, you know, that kind of buzzy mm -hmm. energy, mm -hmm. and also energy that connects you to other people, that helps you feel connected to them. Um, I think of, I, I saw this really beautiful dance performance recently, 
And it was incredibly erotic. Mm -hmm. I felt connected to myself. Like I felt the hairs on my neck stood up. Mm -hmm. I felt alive. I felt joyful. And, you know, I'm nowhere near the person who is dancing, yet I'm connected to that energy, to that sense of aliveness, to that creativity. So I think when we talk about eroticism and pleasure, it really helps to expand the conversation beyond we're not talking about sex. We're talking about feeling alive Mm -hmm. and feeling good in your own skin. To really bring it home, if someone is interested in exploring this, I love taking pleasure baths or pleasure showers, if you prefer. And what it is, is number one, you're already naked. So that barrier is removed. (laughs) It is not about touching yourself in any sort of sexual way, Uh but in taking the time to slow down, slow way, way down Mm. and feel different sensations in your body. Uh, If I could give you a pro tip, I really love adding a little bit of coconut oil to the bath. Most, Most people have it already or can easily get it. You can melt it in your hand if you're in a shower and using that as just another sensation on your skin. You know, Mm -hmm. it feels a little bit different when you're touching your skin with coconut oil versus not, you know, set the the mood. If you like smells, light a candle or incense, turn the lights low, turn on music, engage as many of your senses as you can with absolutely no agenda other Mm -hmm. than enjoying being in your body. Mm-hmm. That's it. There Again, there's no failure here at all. Yeah. It's just about enjoying being in your own skin because you deserve that mm-hmm. and it connects you to that feeling of being alive, which yeah. refuels you. Yeah. I love, I love that practice. I, it reminds me of, I heard something on social media and I can't remember who was talking about it, about taking showers in the dark. Ooh, yeah. I I mean, I think as dark as possible. And they said, you know where the soap is, (laughs) but it's that it forces you to really feel the sensations on your skin. Mm -hmm. And I haven't tried it yet, but I just, it made me think of it. I wanted just to say one quick thing, because you, you mentioned the word feeling alive several times. And I, over the last couple of years, I was talking to a, a very close colleague and friend of mine, Amy Ehlers. And I was telling her that I was feeling a little ashamed because when I would see movies or TV shows that depicted uh, a man and a woman arguing like pretty fiercely and intensely, Mm -hmm. I would get triggered. And it was almost a positive trigger in that that is the type of relationship I had previously that was in many ways toxic, but we were trauma bonded basically, like, let's be honest. And I said, I'm embarrassed to admit that there's a part of me that misses that. And she goes, Mm. oh, honey, I don't think it's that you miss the fighting. I think that that was the last time you felt alive. And I was like, I started crying. And it was that the emotional, albeit an unhealthy one, it was the emotional intensity and connection that I would feel during those fights. And also we had a pattern where we would end up having like amazing sex afterwards but that was such a pivotal moment for me in understanding what you were just talking about of like that feeling mm-hmm. of aliveness. And sometimes it's not 
connected to another person. It's just within ourselves, but it's just something yeah. I've been thinking about a lot. And like, how can I get that in other ways of, in my life without fighting with my spouse? <laughs> yeah. And that's such a, a good question. And everybody's answer is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And the important thing is that this is a muscle, right? This is something that you can build and you noticed. And that's always the first thing is you noticed, hey, maybe there is some feeling that I'm not experiencing as much as I would like to. Mm -hmm. And you're curious about what are the other ways that I yeah. might be able to create that feeling of aliveness. And it's like, you know, counting the red cars on a road trip, the more you're looking for it, the more you're going to notice it. Mm -hmm. And when you notice it, you get to play with it. You yeah. get to build on it. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. We're gonna take one more break. And when we get back, I want to talk about, we're gonna, let's just talk about pleasure a little bit more. So we'll be right back. Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Can you tell us some practical tools, practical tools more specifically to align your gender identity and expression with your most authentic self through, I know what you talk about a lot, pleasure, play, and the three Ps, pleasure, play, and possibility. Yes. So when it comes to aligning your gender identity with your expression, we're going to go right back to that play and experimentation. I talk about spaghetti wall mode where, you know, when you're cooking spaghetti, you throw it at the wall. If it sticks, great. You, you know, eat the spaghetti. If it doesn't, no big deal. You just keep cooking. And I view it like that of it is all data like mm -hmm. we've been talking about. 
And it's data that we get by trying something instead of getting stuck in our head. So I tell people to start with what they know for sure or what they're curious about. So if someone says, well, I don't really know what my gender identity is or how I want to to look or, or where I'm going on this journey, but I know that I like it when somebody uses they, them pronouns with me or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever pronouns it is, then you start there. You don't have to have all the answers about what it means. You just need to know what feels authentic to me now Mm -hmm. and how do I build on that? Uh, If you know that, hey, I really like wearing this particular thing, gather your support squad or or one person and see what it's like to go on a walk in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. and that with them, as long as that's safe to do. Try going out to Starbucks or to brunch and using a a name that feels good for you with the the server or on your, your Starbucks cup. Start experimenting and starting where you are is definitely a a core piece. And when you do that, you start building confidence in, Mm -hmm. okay, I gathered this piece of information. I gathered this piece of information. I've also seen a lot of people who are able to learn more about what feels good for them in their gender during during sex or Mm -hmm. during any sort of kind of romantic relationship where they have a partner who is willing to experiment with them with different roles in the bedroom, with um, wearing different clothes in the bedroom that that maybe you don't typically wear. Uh, You know, sex is a really beautiful place where you get to imagine a lot as part of that experience. You can be called lots of different things that may or may not match up with your gender identity. And those Mm -hmm. can be really fun. You know, I've also had people who made tiny adjustments in their sex life that really changed things for them. For example, a client who was having a lot of of trouble with um, dysphoria about their chest. They didn't like how their, their chest looked. It was larger. So they experimented with wearing a tight sports bra or a binder during sex. And that Mm -hmm. really changed a lot of things for them and gave them information that they needed about what felt good for their body. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. If you had to sum up the book in one statement, and I know this might be really hard, but if you you (laughs) had to, what is the one thing you want people to walk away with? That the world is better when everyone has the freedom to authentically name and express themselves the way that feels the most audacious, biggest, most lit up version of themselves. And that gender freedom is for everybody. Beautiful. Beautiful. Is there anything you want to circle back to that we talked about that you want to either underscore or add onto this conversation before we go? I think the only thing I really want to underscore is that this book is not just for trans and non-binary people. Mm -hmm. It's for anyone who is curious about expanding their understanding of how gender has influenced their life, 
of expanding their understanding about what would it mean to have a world where everybody had the freedom to be themselves free from shame and free from fear. And I really want everyone, allies included, to join me in that mission. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. So again, everyone, the the book is Gender Magic, Live Shamelessly, Reclaim Your Joy and Step Into Your Most Authentic Self. Where do you want people to go? Do you have like special book bonuses? Where can we send people? My hub is Instagram right now. So you can yes. find me at the Ray McDaniel. That's Ray, R-A-E. Mm-hmm. And the book's website is gendermagic.com. And there's going to be all sorts of goodies on though. I'm there. so you. Um, and by you. the way, we have a new cat and my daughter named her Ray. Oh, <gasps> I feel very honored. <laughs> she doesn't know you, but I just, she's sleeping on the bed right now. That's what made me think of it. Very um, cute. Thank you so much for being here. Again, all of those links, including the previous episode that Ray was on are going to be in the show description. Everyone, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful for your time. Ray, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you you got to come again to talk about this book. And remember, everyone, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening. I would be so incredibly grateful if you haven't done so already, if you could leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Super easy if you already listen to your shows over there. Um, But if you don't, or maybe you have the app on your phone, but you listen to the show on a different app, if you could leave a review for this show, it matters so much. I wish I could express how much it matters. I also wish that it didn't matter so much, but alas, it does. So if you haven't already, please go review and rate the show. It would mean so much to me. And thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.